Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. The Lord said I must pray. Two things. Father, I pray for myself that you would use me as your oracle this morning, that I would speak the truths from the Spirit of God, that I would change into another man, something of heaven that declares the will of God over the house this morning, that there will be power in the words, for your word is not devoid of power, Lord, that it will bring understanding, for wisdom is the principal thing, but in all you're getting, get understanding. Through people are destroyed through lack of understanding. Amen. Lord, the Lord said it is time to talk about destiny again. I pray in the name of Jesus that the destinies in this house will be established in the fullness according to the divine will and purposes of God. For he is our sovereign Lord. That no crooked or wicked ways will interfere with the purposes, the destinies of your saints. For whatever God does is good. Let the perfection of God's plan for your life be realized in the time of your life. Not after, but in the time of your life. Let its purpose, destiny, come to maturity. May you not miss any good thing that the vessel of your life has been bought and purchased for to glorify the Lord. Lord, may the angels establish that which I have said over each and every person in here and any soul that listens to this message in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this message is called Destiny Established. Now, this is part three of a series over a number of years, actually. Um, so let's have a little recap, a really quick recap. So part one, which was chosen for destiny. Put your hand up if you remember that one. Okay, good. Chosen for destiny. This was around about the 7th of November, 2021. We are all chosen for destiny. You are all made specifically to achieve something spectacular and particular in the Lord's eyes. Okay? Never mind anybody else's eyes. In the Lord's eyes, you are made to achieve something spectacular. It may well appear in a form that is obviously spectacular to everyone around you and beyond. God decides that. But to him, the creator, it is good. Now, remember this. It is good. Whatever it is you are called to do, 
Whatever God creates is good. Its original purpose is always good. The master craftsman will always create a masterpiece concerning you. Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Amen. Now, as part of that message, there was the Spirit spoke and said the following. And that's all I'm going to give from that, from that message. You're welcome to go and listen to it, obviously. But the Spirit says that you will make history according to your appointed destinies. That the winds of time will carry you further than those that have gone before you. For I have commanded Red Seas to dry up just so you will arrive at the place of destiny and Jericho walls will come down at the sound of your voice so that you can be there. So press me in prayer for the things of destiny and align yourselves with my plans for your life for they will surely come to pass in the fullness of time unto my glory. Now, destiny, part two, was, I think it was given on the 16th of October, 2022. And this was destiny caught up. And I believe the Holy Spirit was saying to us at the time, we need to catch up with our destiny in certain aspects of our thinking. So it was called destiny caught up. There is a season for every work of God in your life and your destiny works in seasons. Do you remember that? What season are you in today for your destiny? Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 3. I'm not going to read the scripture, but it talks about there is a season and a time for everything. If you work according to the right season, you will progress. But if you don't, there will be delay. The season of revealing, the season of shaping, the season of becoming. Those are the three seasons that the Holy Spirit showed us with respect to our destiny. In other words, whatever the season is for the Spirit of God to do what he needs to do in you, don't fight it. Let him do it. Don't delay his plans. It's three seasons. Okay, we'll maybe talk a little bit. And then we had a, a message recently um, on the 20th of, of August this year called Abraham's Walk. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Which you can consider to be Destiny Part 2.5, I guess. <laughs> and the reason for that message was that the Lord said that Abraham's Walk is the story of a believer's journey of destiny with me, where he has made a decision to completely go along with me and believe me for everything. So it's kind of like a model that we should look at, that we should study. 
We then went into more detail about with respect to the three seasons I've just mentioned, leading to destination destiny, by looking at how Abraham walked with the Lord. Abraham always walked alongside me, the Lord said, and never broke a step with me. He was always in step with me. And this is a key thing for us today. So at your leisure, please go back and listen to those messages. I believe the Lord will speak again to you. But today's message, destiny established, part three. So what is destiny? What is it? In the kingdom, I'm not talking about out there in the streets. Destiny is what you are called to do for God. What you are called to achieve for God. Who you are called to be for him. That is your destiny. And it is unique. Destiny established is when you reach the point where God's plan for your life comes to fruition. You reach a certain point and his plans come to fruition. It is the realization or fulfillment of God's plan for you on earth. Okay? It's not the end of matters, but it is the fulfillment of his plan leading up to something. And there's some characteristics I want to go into about destiny established because it's really important that you can see where you are and what God is doing and how the spirit moves. So how do we know? Let's first look at Joseph. So for Joseph's life, this was in, let's look at Genesis 41, 37. And I'm going to read in the New King James. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne, I will be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Destiny established. Destiny established for Joseph at that point. But the responsibility of saving his people from famine and getting Israel into the land of Goshen in Genesis 46, 28 would be destiny complete. 
So there is a difference between destiny established and destiny complete. Destiny complete is when the work of your destiny has been completed. But we are talking about destiny established today. So in Genesis 46, 28, then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. And they stayed there for, what was it, 400 so years? He used Joseph's destiny to save his own people. To save us. Think about it. Think about the consequence of that destiny not coming to fruition. Think about what would have happened. How was it for David? Now, I would say it was when he was anointed by Samuel. 1 Samuel 16, 12 to 13 says this. Jesse sent and brought him. David had a healthy reddish complexion and beautiful eyes and was fine looking the lord said to samuel arise anoint him this is he so he's called him out said this is the guy then samuel took the horn of oil and anointed david in the midst of his brothers so anointed him in the midst of his family those that were closest to him so they could see and the spirit of the lord came mightily upon David from that day forward and Samuel arose and went to Ramah destiny established he was not yet crowned king but his destiny was established everything after that was the work of destiny itself the Spirit of God had established him in the position, in the seat, in the driving seat of his destiny. And this is what needs to happen for each and every one of us. So what of Jesus himself? Now I would say it was Luke 4.18 This was after he had come out of the wilderness and had dealt with the temptation from Satan. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set forth, send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Then he rolled up the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were gazing attentively at him. Destiny established. Can
can you imagine that shocking sight? Basically saying this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing in me today. Probably the greatest fulfillment of scripture that there ever was. But again, that was not destiny complete for Jesus. Destiny complete would have been exactly. Crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, job done. Listen and listen well, saints. The job is not done until it's done. Run your race to the finish line, as Paul describes in 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and noble fight. I have finished the race. Finish your race. I have kept firmly, held the faith. So what do we think of this? What are we supposed to make of this? Now, I don't know where exactly you are in your life, in your destiny journey. But I would say this. If I was allowed to dream, I would say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me in Deutsche Bank, in that school, in that hospital, Because he has anointed me, the anointed one, for the moment in this place. I am Jesus. To preach the good news that I have received. The good news of the gospel to all the poor in spirit around me. In every layer of management. From the auxiliary to the cleaner. To the head of department and the CEO. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Those that cannot see the goodness of God in the land of the living. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed and broken down by calamity. To be goodness to all. The eyes of all of those, whether they are Muslim, Hindu, atheist, Sikh, or just plain, plain ignorant. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favours of God profusely abound. To witness, to explain the gospel message without fear of reprisal. To be respectful of where each of them are. But to tell the gospel story. And then you are to sit down at your desk and get back to work. That's what we should be doing. This is what the Holy Spirit needs to do to get you to the point of destiny. Establishing you in or as it itself, where you can operate in your calling and perform and complete the activities, responsibilities and works of your destiny. 
you can see a picture in all three of those examples. The Spirit of God will always show his power over you so that you can shine for all required to see and know that you are above, way, way, way above the ordinary. They may not understand supernaturally what's happening, but they can see that you are not plain, you are not ordinary. There is something about you. There's a divine wisdom that they do not have. There is a peace that they don't understand. There is an application and a gifting that is beyond anybody else around. This is very important because it is God's endorsement that his plan and will for you are at work. This is why we must look to see what God is doing where we are. I'll get into it. Okay. It's going to be short, this one. So what did the Holy Spirit have to say? He just added a few points on top of the other messages. But the one strong point that he mentioned was this. He said, please remember that your destiny cannot be changed it cannot be changed if you do not like it then you don't agree with my spirit it is assigned to you from birth and it cannot change if you don't like it then you disagree with the holy spirit the destiny is never able to actually change its course can be perverted, but the end result cannot glorify me, the Lord said. So if you're not in agreement with what you're hearing prophetically about your life, if you're not in agreement with what God has shown you, dream after dream after dream of what he's put in your heart, I'll pray for you. <laughs> it can't change. It cannot change. And the reason is, Psalm 139, 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was hid, not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So before you were, the book said that's how you're going to be. God cannot change his perfect design and plans for your life. It's in his book. He says, page whatever, Sister Abby, that's what you're going to be. Page whatever, Jonathan Gooding, that's what you're going to be. You're asking the master craftsman, the perfecter, to change his plan. 
like there's something wrong with it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay, let's look at Moses. Let's see how he fared in trying. Destined to lead Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. Exodus 4, 12 to 15. Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. And he said, oh, my Lord, I pray you send by the hand of some other whom you will send. Then the anger of the Lord blazed against Moses. He said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? No, he can speak well. Also, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be overjoyed. You must speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with you, with your mouth and with his mouth. And will teach you what you shall do. Argument over. You see, you can talk to God about your issues and say, I'm not happy about this. But ultimately, he's not going to budge when it comes to your destiny. You look unconvinced. Let's look at Gideon. Destined to free Israel from the oppression of the Midianites. So what have we got? Judges 6, 14 to 6. This is 16. This is New King James. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I'm not going to go into the rest of the story, but you all know it well. Argument over. Or even Saul, a.k.a. Paul. Let's look at him. Destined to be an apostle. Must have been fighting against the true godly call for his life in order for him to have that Damascus Road encounter with Jesus. He must have been struggling for a while. Acts 26, 14 to 16. And when he had... And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice in the Hebrew tongue saying to me, Saul, Saul, why do you continue to persecute me, to harass and trouble and molest me? Wow. It is dangerous and turns out badly for you to keep kicking against the goads, to keep offering vain and perilous resistance. Resistance to what? To the destiny that God had for him. So he had been dodging it for a while. And I said, who are you, Lord? Come on, you knew it was. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. 
But arise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, that I might appoint you to serve as my minister and to bear witness both to what you have seen of me and to what in which I will appear to you. You see, they all tried to get out of their destiny and change it and found themselves at odds with God. And none of them won the argument. We've got over destiny. And nobody in here or anywhere else in the body of Christ will win it either. God will not change what he has literally knitted us together for. He won't change it. Now, if that is painful to hear for some people, I'm sorry, but that is the nature of this God when it comes to destiny. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it. You can abdicate and say, I'm not doing it. Fine, but he's not going to change it for you. There's a difference. There is a difference. Oh, this is going to be quite quick. Okay, so what, are these, what does the Spirit of God say next? He said, I have to wait for you to realize what your destiny is before it can be established. The Lord has to wait for us to realize. (laughs) Why, Lord? Why? The Lord requires our cooperation with his Holy Spirit. He won't establish you into anything that you are not in agreement with. He won't do it. He's not a hard taskmaster. He's a loving father. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says this. For we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. We are to co-labor with his spirit in order to see out the destiny and his will and purpose for our lives. How many of us is the Holy Spirit waiting for to release what he is calling us into for our destiny? How many? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. So there appears to be nothing we can do or say But he waits. Listen, maybe it's that we haven't listened to his promptings or ignored prophetic words or ignored badly given prophetic words or because our desire is elsewhere or is it because we are comparing ourselves to others that we miss what God has put in our own hands. Your gift may appear small when it's unused. It may seem to be insignificant at the moment. But remember, whatever God does is good. Whatever God does is perfect. 
Or is it because we have placed ourselves in a state of fear and apprehension about stepping out in faith? Now, this may be because of the enormity of what it looks like. If the Lord says you're to be the president of the United States of America, I hear you. That's a big deal. But this is only because we're looking to handle it within our own limitations. So we repeatedly disregard what the Holy Spirit is showing us. We need to pray for confirmation and expect God to be in it with us. Or is it because of discouragement from people around us, above us, or at the same level? Is it at work? Is it in your marriage? Discouragement can come from anywhere and the most unexpected places. It can make you think, I can't do that. I can't be anything connected to that destiny. It's just, no one thinks I can do it. And I don't think I can do it. Whatever the reason is, consider it today. Consider it today. He will not change your destiny. So if you've got a big one, a big coin over your life, what have you got to lose? <laughs> Let's go back to Joseph. Listen, there comes a time when we've got to just do what we can, where we are, and when we can, okay? And I say that with the greatest respect because we've all been there and we're all there or thereabouts some of the time. You've got to do what you can. Joseph was not in Egypt by choice. Remember that. He had no idea how God was working. Joseph had... No idea while he was languishing in prison that he was perfectly situated for God's amazing purpose in his life. He didn't know. He didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling in him to speak to him and say, this is what the plan is. He didn't have that. He was just there in jail thinking, this is it for me. He was sold into slavery by his own brothers and then landed in prison because of a false accusation. For 13 years, things went from bad to worse. And there was no assurance from God that the direction of his life was going to change. But we have such an assurance. All of the time. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of the other prisoners. Genesis 39, 21 to 23. Yeah, great promotion, Lord. I'm head prisoner in the jail. Promotion has come. It's not exactly something to boast about. But the diligence and excellence he displayed ended up being critical not only for his life 
but for the lives of all those around him and beyond, as we've read. So do what you can, where you can. God is watching. There is no way you can end up in a place without God letting you get there. Yes, sometimes he says, now it's time to leave that job, or it's time to leave that ministry, or it's time to be a worship leader or a pastor or whatever. He does do that. But most of the time, where you are is important for where you're going. He's watching what you do where you are. Are you co-laboring with the Holy Spirit over your current position? Or are you just complaining about where you want to go? We've got to think about it, saints. We've got to think about it. So what did he say next? He said this, There is nothing worse than for you and Satan to establish something that I have not intended for you. I'll say that again. There is nothing worse than for you and Satan to establish something that I have not intended for you. The end result may corrupt many lives. That is a shocking statement. But the truth is, if you collude with the pull of the world, you collude with Satan, you see, because he's the prince of this world. So if there is something in the world that you feel you want to do more than what God has called you to do, and you go and do it, you have established something with Satan. Let's have some examples. God has said, you are to sing like an angel in the church, in the center of the church. And someone offers you that thing or this thing or that thing. Not that those things are bad. But if the Lord has not said you should do that, then you should not do it. I remember when I was offered a job in UBS Investment Bank. I prayed, I said, oh Lord, should I be even going to this bank? This is a Swiss bank. And I was thinking, do you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about Nazi gold in Swiss bank accounts and all manner of different things. I was thinking, Lord, if I'm not to touch that, then I'll have to turn it down. The Lord said, continue. But on the first day, as I was walking in Liverpool Street Station, the Holy Spirit said to me, Deji, the spirit of mammon is strong here, son. Be aware. So he was putting his mark on me and saying, listen, mind how you go. Day one, I'll never, ever forget it. But I tell you, I did not collude with Satan over that job. I was in there praying. I was in there ministering. I mean, in those days, you could do it without getting into trouble. Today, it would be a bit different. HL would have something to say. But we were bold. We were, in fact, we were crazy. I used to, I used to minister to people. I, I even led one girl to Christ in the, in the lunch hour. And I, I was bold. I was loud voice as I'm speaking now. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't. I was bold in those days. Listen, Romans 12, 2 says this. And do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect. It's perfect. Do not go into business with Satan. See the world as Satan because it is exactly what it is. It's just cloaked. All right. Then the Spirit of God said this. He said, I always have perfect plans for your life. Anything else is second best and less than what I have intended. Make sure you align with my plans for your destiny depends on it. There isn't anything better for you than what I have assigned for your destiny. No matter what it looks like, do not be deceived. There isn't anything better for you, Deji. There isn't anything better for you, Des, for you, Femi, for you, Mike, for you, Karen. There isn't, there isn't, there isn't anything better for you than what I have assigned for your destiny. No matter what it looks like, do not be deceived. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Living the good life. You hear that? Good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Listen, God is good and he wants you to live a good life. I always have perfect plans for your life, he said. Anything else is second best and less than what I have intended. Do not settle for less than what God has intended. Make sure you align with my plans for your destiny, not the plans of some job or some music label or some school. Your destiny depends on it. Your destiny depends on you aligning with God's plans. There isn't anything better for you. Not one thing. doesn't matter what it looks like. If God has not assigned it to you, it's worse than what you're called to do. No matter what it looks like, do not be deceived. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. Do you see that? Final outcome. What does that mean? Destiny complete. The Lord said to me, he said, many of us are already in the destination of our destiny. And we have been there for some time. Many of us. 
So it's not just a case of, oh yeah, after this meeting, I need to go and figure out what my destiny is. God is saying, you are in your destiny's destination. A lot of us. Not everybody, but he said that many of us. But there are impacts that you are supposed to have for him whilst you are there. In other words, there's work to be done for your destiny. Okay? I'm saying that and I'm saying it loud and clear so you don't go out of it thinking, right, I need to see what my destiny is and then approach it. A lot of us, we're there. That's it. He's put us in a place, okay? And it can escalate if you focus on it. It can escalate into something huge or it might stay where it is. One thing's for sure, you will be rewarded if you stick to it and you don't deviate from his plans. God does not reward you for what he has not asked you to do. We'll get to that. So the Holy Spirit went further. He said, Deji, there are four elements to an established destiny. Four elements. These are my objectives for the plan of your life. He always gives me these little, because it helps focus. Number one, holding on to an occupied space or domain. Number two, my spirit will never stop. Number three, working hard and not being lazy. And number four, protecting you from catastrophic failure. Okay, so let's go through these quickly. So the first one, holding on to an occupied space or domain. For weeks now, the Lord has been saying, read Joshua, read Joshua, read Joshua. He's been pointing me to that, and I'm like, okay, Lord, okay. Can I read this? Then? No, no, go back, go read Joshua. And it, I believe it is the season for many of us to take ground, okay, holding on to an occupied space or domain. To get to some place, what has the Lord had to do? It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to occupy it and keep occupying it. My dear wife knows exactly what that means. Joshua 1, 3-7 says this, Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, CCF, that have I given to you, as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, from North London to South London, or from Holborn to Brixton, I don't know. All the land of the Hittites, Canaan, and to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. What is territory? What is territory? Someone give me what territory means. But what's, but what's specific about territory? Whose? Whose? Mine. Territory. Your territory. Okay? 
Let's get it right. This is territorial, dominating, okay, subduing. That's what it's all about, okay? Don't be passive. Don't be weak-minded. Territory. You are to survey your territory. It is your territory. Any invader has to get out of your territory. That's the way it is. What does it say in verse 5? No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, saints. No man will challenge you over the reason and position of your destiny. Nobody, says the Lord. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. The Holy Spirit is in it to the bitter or the glorious end, whatever that end is. He's not going. So be strong, confident, and of good courage, for you shall cause this people, this company, this health service, this school, to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give you. In other words, you will bring value to whatever your company or your organization is doing. It will cause them to lay hold properly and be a leader of where they are because you were there. Be strong, be confident, be of good courage. Only you be strong. Never mind what anybody else is doing, right? If they're all flaying all over the place, they're not sure of this and that. You be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Whatever the Bible says, how you should behave where you are, how you should be to other people, what you should say, how you should give a good representation of your faith, whatever the word of God says, you need to do it. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now, that is an instruction to every single soul in this room, okay? Because every one of you has been given a territory, a place where you are to dominate as a child of God, to have an impact for Jesus. Don't think that you cannot impact that place with the love of God. It doesn't make sense for God to allow you or put you somewhere where he cannot be glorified. Number two, my spirit will never stop. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, (laughs) avarice, avarice, lust, and craving of earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you or let you down. Relax, my hold on you. Assuredly not. You know, the Holy Spirit has this 
eternal battery. <laughs> it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. He will keep leading us, prodding us, encouraging us, giving us dreams, prophetic words, words of knowledge. He will keep amassing favor upon us, etc., etc. Just so he can make sure that if we are willing, we will arrive at destination destiny. If we are willing, he will do everything that is needed to get you there and for you to thrive when you get there. He will never stop. Even if you say, no, I don't want to know, I don't want to know, he will keep lovingly encouraging you and saying, this is what I have for you. Send in a person, a sister or a brother. I got this word for you the other day. You'll be watching TV and some pastor of some ministry will be speaking directly to you about your destiny. And you'll be, you'll be wriggling around in the chair. <laughs> and the Lord will say, sit down and listen. <laughs> My spirit will never stop. He will never stop. Thank God for Jesus. Number three, working hard and not being lazy. Colossians 3, 23 says this, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from your soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Some of us need to get off that eternal lunch break and get on with it. Yeah, I'll tell you. Proverbs 12, 24 in the New King James says this, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Romans 12, 11 in the Amplified, Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. The reality is that God will only establish you in your destiny if you put in the effort and are prepared to be diligent. Laziness or slothfulness will not glorify God because what will happen is God will put you in a wonderful place and you'll be a lazy pig, right? And then some wonderful Muslim brother or some wonderful Hindu sister will look at you as an example of a Christian and think, nah. See? So God's not going to do it. He's not, he, he, he's not, not going to cause someone else to lose the opportunity to come into his kingdom because they think that Christians are lazy. See? There are too many opportunities that are missed and destiny is not yet established because someone was or is too lazy to use what God has gifted them or put in their hands. Faith without works is dead. I don't think I need to explain that any further, do I? Number four, protecting you from catastrophic failure. The Lord will put 
protection around you. Okay. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear you and he delivers them. There's no way that God will let you come into any catastrophic failure if you are operating in his will and his purpose for your life. There may be setbacks, okay, whilst establishing you in your destiny, but that is only so you can learn and grow and mature so that you can be capable of standing. But the Lord will not allow catastrophic failure. That's important that we get that because that is one of the fears that people have of stepping out when the Lord is saying, I want you over there. You're afraid of failure. You're afraid of embarrassment. I've gone into meetings and I haven't had a clue what I was going to say. Okay? I mean, literally, I haven't had, I've gone into the toilet and I said, Lord, you're going to have to speak through me because I haven't got a clue. Right? And I've gone to the meeting and I still haven't had a clue. But for some unknown reason to me, everything I said, they seem to think was wonderful. (laughs) Put your hand up if you had that experience. Something's going on, isn't it? Something's going on, right? Almost like you're speaking a language that can be understood differently to what you think it means. No one can explain how God does his thing. I mean, you can come and say some rubbish, having prayed, and it won't embarrass you. It won't cause whatever you're doing to fail. It will succeed, and everybody will think it's great. There are times like that when the Holy Spirit says, oh, don't worry, I'll do it. You know, just say whatever you want to say, and they will hear what needs to be heard. Okay? He will not let you. He will not let you go down. Because he doesn't want those around you who are sinners, who are in opposition to the kingdom of God because they are blinded by Satan to dance and sing over your failure. That doesn't want to happen. Okay, provided we are obedient to God's word, humbly working out with the Holy Spirit. Catastrophic failure is not going to be part of what's going on with you. Okay, I say that to encourage you. Okay, so those are the four that he gave. And, amen. That's what I'll say, Lord. <laughs> okay, so what, what does he say next? We're getting close to the end, don't we? He says, your destiny has a structure to it because it is established by my definite plan for your life. Okay, so it is not random. It is not a random series of events and it is not pot luck. Okay, you have to understand God don't do random. Right? It, it, listen, you might arrive at, I don't know, Paddington Station at 10 o'clock in the morning, going to some interview that someone called you up about that you never applied for and you think it's random. It's not random. It's just that God doesn't tell you everything that happens beforehand. But it's not random. Okay? Go with it. Trust him. Lord, when it's happening, when it's all unfolding, you're looking and thinking, what on earth? You say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. I believe you that all things work for me, for my good. I believe you, Lord. 
I'm your own handiwork. I'm your workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which you predestined, planned beforehand, you see. He's planned it beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. You see, paths. Ahead of time, he's prepared them. Not just the one. If someone blocks you here, there's another one there. If someone blocks you here, 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 there's another one over here. God has planned multiple avenues, paths, for you to walk in them. It doesn't matter what they come out of you. It doesn't matter whether the enemy sends 10 people against you or 1,000. God would just laugh holding such enemies in derision. You will live the good life, which he had prearranged for you to live and made ready for us all to live and enjoy. This is the word of God I'm reading. This is not fantasy. Okay? This is the word. It's not changing the word. And finally, is it final? Yeah, here we are. Finally, your destiny has to be pointing at me in order for it to glorify my name. Now, listen up. You're establishing your destiny, but you're facing the wrong way. Okay? God puts you in something marvelous, something incredible. God puts you in Apple or Mercedes-Benz or, I don't know, some huge company, senior, makes you senior or makes you head teacher, right? Wonderful. You will go to the party to celebrate your promotion. Great. But first Monday morning of the job, your position is incorrect. It's pointing away from the Lord instead of towards the Lord because you're afraid to say, I'm a Christian. You're afraid to say, I'll pray for you. You're afraid to say what you did on Sunday, danced in front of Jesus in CCF, right? Come on now. You do not want them to know because you're not sure who's going to hear and what they will think of you. That is the rubbish condition that the world feeds us, okay? Where I work, they're afraid of me because I'm a Christian. I mean, that's not great in that context, but in a way it is. They're afraid of the righteousness of God that is in my life, so they don't want to do stuff which is going to offend that around me. Yeah, I've even had it said to me. In my, in my appraisal, my manager said, Deji, are you a pastor? <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Yes. I had to be careful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you a pastor? Um, well, you know, share the word now and again. Kind of. You know what I mean? I'm just asking because you're, you know what, you're, you a pastor. You see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? They're asking me if I'm a pastor because my life is ministering to them. They've not gone on YouTube and seen CCF messages. They've not seen that. But they, because my life is obviously ministering to them. It's convicting them of stuff. 
You see what I mean? This is what we've got to be bold. Listen, it's all Jesus. It's just that that's what happens. The Holy Spirit shows himself in you if you allow it. Now, yeah, one or two attacks can come. I don't deny. They can come. But if they're going to come, let them come. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. There is no real value in singing nice songs or writing nice music or writing nice literature if it can't glorify the name of the Lord. It will burn in the fire. This is my destiny. Okay, but does it glorify my name? Or does it just point to you? What are you doing with your destiny? What are you doing in your destiny? What are you doing for your destiny? Has the plan of God been completely satisfied and established? Or is it a perversion of what was originally there? These are crucial questions when it comes to the consideration of eternal reward. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 14 in the New King James says this. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. There is no doubt about this. Everything you do, let it be for the glory of the Lord, whether it's being done inside the church or in the marketplace at home as a housewife or a mother doesn't matter where it is let it glorify the Lord do it in the full nature of Jesus Christ that is in you let it glorify him okay I'm going to leave it there Father in the name of Jesus We ask for the Holy Spirit to establish us in our place of destiny if we are yet to get there. For those that have reached such a place, may they work the works that are pleasing to Father, that bring glory to his name. May they be unhindered, unchallenged by anything that detracts from your glory. Lord, help us to understand our behaviours and the way that we present ourselves in this world. 
We're maybe in the world, but we're not of it. We realize. Help us not to submit to the doctrine of the world, the doctrine of devils, but only the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Keep us for you and for you alone. Continue to allow us to be bold and courageous. For you have not given anyone in here the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We rebuke that spirit of fear. Fear is also timidity, apprehension. These are close relatives. Call it what it is, but it is the opposite of faith. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Let us be able to look in the mirror and see the glorious creation that God has done in us. That we are able and confident to go outside and represent the gospel, speaking the truth. In the name of Jesus, let the word of God not be devoid of power in your life. May you have a testimony that is powerful for all to see that God is good. And may the Lord himself and only the Lord himself be glorified in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 